The Bible prophesies that in the end times Christianity will come under increasing persecution. That prophecy is being fulfilled today. All across the world millions of Christians are being verbally abused, physically harassed, and yes, even murdered for their faith. But these attacks, as terrible as they may be, are not the greatest threat to the church. The greatest threat comes from within the church in the form of apostasy. Stay tuned as we talk to one of Christendom's foremost authorities on spiritual apostasy. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end-time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. We have a great friend with us today. His name is Eric Barger, and he is the founder and director of an apologetics ministry called Take a Stand. Welcome, Eric. Thank you, David. I appreciate it. Eric, we just love the name of your ministry. At least I do. I like it. Take a stand. There's more people in Christianity today that need to do that, don't they? That's right. How did you come up with that name? Well, originally the ministry was called Where Do You Stand? And we felt like that was too much of a question mark. We wanted that exclamation point at the end. Take a stand because... Not a question mark. Huh? Exactly. We, we, were, we wanted to portray that the standing with the Scripture and standing with what uh, the Lord has given us to stand on was the most important thing. Not questioning where do we stand, yeah, but well, taking we, a stand. We certainly need more of that in Christendom today, brother. Well, folks, also here in the studio with me to help me interview Eric is our web minister, Nathan Jones. Nathan is involved in apologetics on a daily basis as he talks back and forth with people all over the world concerning both Bible prophecy and the fundamentals of the Christian faith. Nathan, welcome. It's great to be here. Thanks. And how about you starting us off? Oh, I'd love to. It's great to see you again, Eric. You too. Hey. Okay. If we're going to talk about apologetics, we need to know what is apologetics. And if you're an apologist, does that mean you travel all over the world apologizing for Christianity? <laughs> I have a pastor friend of mine that I've known for many years. He's really a mentor to me, one of my mentors. And he wrote me a, a letter one day, uh, just a terrific reference letter. And I didn't ask for it. It just came in the mail. It was a great <laughs> reference. I was just so blessed that he said those things about me. Well, the next day... I got a letter from him saying, Eric Barger is the greatest apologizer you'll ever find. Bring him to your church and take him around town and he'll apologize for everything. You know, It was a spoof letter and we had a lot of fun with that. You know. well, where did that term come from, Eric? He meant the first letter, by the way. <laughs> oh, um, well, the term apologetics comes from the, the, the term that's in the Bible eight times. Apologia, that's the Greek word, which is an able defense of the faith. So apologetics isn't about being sorry for anything. And there are all kinds of apologists out there. There's Democrat, Republican, Muslim, <laughs> Christian, Mormon, all kinds of apologists out there. Well, I'm a Christian apologist. I'm standing on what the Scripture says on the Bible, and I'm trying to give answers and reasons for our faith. And the most famous use of that is in 1 Peter 3.15. Be ready always to give an apologia or an answer. Okay. So you're not apologizing. I'm not apologizing. <laughs> okay. I, Jesus apologized for. That's right. Jesus carried all my sorrows and he's taken care of all of my shortcomings and I'm not perfect but I'm forgiven and I'm I'm helping people to understand the defense of the faith and that's where we all ought to be. Well, what kind of topics do you cover in your particular ministry? Uh, for example, do you get into a discussion of cults? Sure. We deal with the cults, we deal with spiritual warfare and really all I do, all the whole genre of the ministry is spiritual warfare of some sort. Uh, I've written a book on the occult and how it's become popular in our culture. 
Uh, I deal with uh, current issues in the church, and, and that may be the thing that I talk about the most mm-hmm. these days. But when you deal with the cults and you were exposing the false doctrines in the cults, that's another word called polemics. Oh, so yeah. you kind of mix together, and sometimes when you're, you're defending the faith and expressing what the truth of Christianity is, you're also uh, exposing false belief systems. So they kind of go together. So you're talking about cults, you're talking about occult, you're talking about spiritual warfare. You even get into discussion of music, don't you? I do. I was a rock musician for many years. I was a record producer and recording engineer. and a, I, I say I was a professional drug addict back in those days. And <laughs> You also had a little longer hair, didn't I, you? I did. And I, I wrote three books on the secular rock music industry back in the 1980s and and our ministry slowly evolved into talking about, uh, you know, the the cults and talking about the occult and now, of course, dealing with... So you would maintain that music really can have an impact on a per- person and what they think, how they act. Well, and- the lifestyle of it had an impact on me. I wanted to be like my heroes, my role models, who were the musicians in the in the 70s, in the 60s even, when I first began to start, start playing. Well, I know one topic that you are very interested in and are speaking out on more and more all the time, and I praise God for the fact that you have the boldness to do it, and that is the emergent church movement. Now, what in the world is that? That's such a strange name. Where does the name come from? What is the movement all about? It's only been around about 15 years. But yet there are millions of people who have fallen into it. And, and I wanna, many don't even know it. Do really, really. I want to caution people, don't be hung up on the term emergent or emerging church. We need to know what we believe and why we believe it first. But we also need to be aware that there are a lot of things being called Christian or being called acceptable inside Christianity around us. And the emergent church movement is really based on the idea that uh, we need to present uh, the gospel in a different way or present Christianity in a different way to the world because we live in a postmodern society that can't accept what truth is and we don't want to talk too much about things that divide us. We just want to have a, just kind of a, an expression of Christianity that feels good to us. Now you just use a term that many of our viewers will not be familiar with. You talked about we live in a postmodern society. What, is that, what does that mean? What, what are you talking about? Well, the idea of postmodernism is that uh, truth is a kind of moving target. Uh, some of the viewers may be uh, familiar with the term epistemology, and that's kind of the spot where knowledge, uh, we come to a place of figuring out what knowledge and truth are. In the emergent church movement, it's all about relativism. It, it's kind of like you make up your own rules, you go along. And as I've examined the emergent church leaders, the single thing that I've seen over and over is that they use terms that we think we relate to, just like many of the cults do, but they've attached radically different meanings to those terms. Well, you know, it, it seems to me that uh, what we're really talking about here is the fact that we went through a period of time where people thought that the answer to all men's problems was science, and science was going to solve everything. Well, science didn't. In fact, science made it worse with atomic bombs and so forth. And so are we in sort of a point of rebellion where people are saying, you know, really science isn't it. it, it we've got to move to a more mystical way of thinking, a, a, a non-scientific a feelings. What, what are we, what, again, I want to get a hold on what is meant by postmodern. I got you. Well, the, the emergent church and postmodernism kind of move hand in hand because the emergent church was supposedly a response to postmodernism. That's right, yeah. You know, the, the people who first came up with these concepts, I believe they were genuinely concerned about uh, so many of the 20-something and 30-something people leaving the church and um, not coming back. And they were trying to figure out how they could draw them back into the church. 
But quickly, the discussion started turning on the idea of maybe we don't need to hold all the doctrines of the, of the church. And maybe some of those doctrines, like the doctrine of the Trinity or the doctrine of the deity of Christ or certainly the doctrine of hell, we can do away with all of those kind of things. And, uh, you know, it'll draw those people back. And so it's just not about a new way to present the gospel. It's about a complete change of what people think the gospel is. Nathan, uh, almost on a daily basis, I guess really on a daily basis, you are confronting postmoderns out there. What, how would you give us a feel for what the postmodern mentality is? It's experiential. Truth is what you experience, you filter reality on how you see things. So if the Bible says that Jesus is the Son of God, well, I didn't experience him in my life like that. So he must be an angel or something like that. That's how they come up with their truth. The Bible isn't the absolute thing that it used to be to the postmodern generation. Yeah, so it's, it's really a rejection of absolute truth, the concept of absolute truth, and it's more feelings. Your truth is your truth, and my truth is my truth. And, and, and actually, if you're going to discuss something like homosexuality, you don't go to the Bible and say, what does God say about it? You say, what do you feel about it? Yeah. It's the ultimate ego trip, because you have become God, you decide what's right and wrong, and you can live in a reality that totally conflicts what how the world works, and that's fine with you. And everyone just is supposed to get along and tolerate each other's yeah. ego trips. And what he's saying right there sounds just like defining the New Age movement. It's, it's all about you making up your own rules about what you think is right. The real, the real problem here is that in the emergent church movement, in the church in general, the uh, lack of authority or lack of respect for the authority of the Bible is the key problem. The emergent church would not be an issue uh, if, the, if the church is willing to have its Bible open and test everything that comes along, including what we say, against the Word of God to see if it matches up. In fact, I recently ran across uh, uh, one of the books uh, in this movement is called uh, something about Elvis. What is it? Uh, Velvet Elvis. Velvet Elvis. Yeah. And uh, the young writer of that, who is one of the leaders of this movement, actually makes a statement in there that the idea that the Bible is all we need is absolute nonsense. It sounds good, but we mean much more than that. Yeah, he said it sounds good, but it's simply not true is the way he ends <laughs> that statement. You know, when I wrote my first book back in 1987, and we wrote it with, a paper, with paper and a typewriter. If you can imagine that in our computer world today, you can really imagine that. But I remember the editor of that book came in, and I worked with her for several weeks, and she threw the manuscript down the, on the desk, and she looked at me, actually, at our kitchen table. And she looked at me and said, do you really believe everything in this manuscript? I said, yes. And I never seen that look on her face. She said, are you sure? I said, yes. She said, good, because once it's in print, you'll have to defend it. When somebody <laughs> writes in their book that the Bible isn't all we need, it's they're making their stand. Unless they do a great retraction and repentance... Of course, this particular author says that repentance isn't about Christianity anyway. Repentance is, if somebody's teaching repentance, they're not talking about Christianity. Well, in just a moment, what I want to do is have you get very specific about some of the doctrines or lack of doctrines that characterize this particular movement, okay? Okay. Welcome back to our interview of Eric Barger, one of Christendom's most eloquent defenders of the Christian faith. We've been talking with him about apostasy in the church today, and we're focusing on what is called the emergent church movement. Eric, what are the basic doctrines of this movement? David, I think that's probably the problem is that they really don't have doctrinal standards. They have changed the doctrines of the faith. I sat in an emerging church conference with one of the key speakers, maybe the godfather of the emergent movement, and he redefined 
what different terms in the Bible said. He, he says the term the world is about us saving the earth. Uh, so John 3.16 is about saving the exactly. earth? Exactly. You could read John 3.16 to say, so God so loved the world He sent the emergent church to save the planet. Uh, these, these folks are very much into dominionism and kingdom now. The idea that they, they have all the answers and we're, we're going to be one big happy religious family here on the earth. And so really it's a doctrinal problem. In fact, they believe in a, the disillusionment of the, what they would call cold hard fact. We, we would call it doctrine. The word doctrine has become a dirty word in a lot of circles. And we've decided to preach the plans of men instead of the Bible. That's what so many pastors have done. And I encourage pastors who are watching that they would come back and preach the Scriptures, preach the Word. That's what their people need. That's what we all need. But they want a disillusionment of cold, hard fact in favor of a, a more warm and fuzzy subjectivity. They also, uh, they, they, they believe that evangelicalism and fundamentalism have failed us and that, that those terms... Uh, and those ideas should go away. And they've really adopted a more mystical idea that's closely aligned to the New Age movement, much more so than the Scripture. Yet they call themselves Christian. And evangelical too, right? Well, that's it. Uh, (laughs) Getting everybody confused. Yeah, you know, the term evangelical has ceased to have any meaning. I mean, it used to mean that you stood on the Word of God for everything you believed. And these guys call themselves evangelicals, and that's the least thing they're concerned about. Uh, In one of my presentations on this, I'm making the statement that the emergent church leaders should just be honest and claim what they're doing is not Christian and come out of the closet and tell people that's, that's not Christian. They're advocating everything or many things that the Scripture speaks clearly against. And a lot of it reminds me of the old liberal social gospel. Well, it's, Dave, I call this a redo of what happened 150 years ago. Right. Today, it can go much quicker because of the advent of our modern technology so and communication. We're to be concerned about saving the earth. We're be, there's no concept of Jesus coming back anytime soon. In fact, that Bible prophecy is a laugh to them. Uh, it's Instead, we're going to go out, save the world, for, uh, and, and we'll conquer the world, and then one day we'll give the kingdom to Jesus. That's right. We're going to facilitate His return. And you'll find the environmental movement uh, really steaming under the surface here inside the emergent church movement. But they have a, a disillusionment of Christian doctrine and really don't want to hang on to it. They, they believe that the doctrines of the faith are, are really immaterial. And that this is why they join hands with in an ecumenical movement with all kinds of other religions and really have become their own cult. I, I've been saying openly that they really should just admit they're not Christians. What they're doing is not biblical, not Christian of course, uh, they, they don't want to talk about these doctrines. Anytime you, you mention doctrine to them in any kind of a, a debate, whether it's online or through emails or in person, they run for cover. And, and I understand that in a lot of the churches, uh, they, they take a, a sort of a approach a, a, to preaching of getting up and saying, okay, we're going to talk this week about um, the virgin birth or whatever. And uh, so, uh, what do you feel about it? And actually ask people in the audience and they get up and make their comments and all and it's like I feel this and I feel that and who's to say who's right and who's wrong? Well in liberalized circles or emergent circles if you ask the question for them to all discuss the, the virgin birth you come out with him not being born of a virgin. Well I know that. And that's, that's not being the Savior because if Jesus wasn't born of a virgin we're all still lost. And I would question, why in the world do we want to be in church on Sunday morning since He wasn't the Messiah? Another thing that... Go ahead. Yeah, oh, Je- sorry. exactly. Who is Jesus then to the emergent church? I mean, do they believe that Jesus is the Son of God? I mean, who is I, it to? I think some of them would, and there are varying degrees of this. But at the same token, Jesus becomes more of just a, um, a social justice figure. Yes, so, very much know, so. Yes. People feeding the poor and all, not saving Which is, souls. And that's part of the deal. Okay. But in, uh, in the, I mentioned in, earlier in the show that uh, 
I was at an emergent church conference, and this was all about saving the planet, not the lost people. In and fact, they, what was their invitation? Tell about their invitation. Well, <laughs> in, in this particular conference, this happened in Nampa, Idaho. Um, at the end of this session, this particular uh, teacher that we're staying away from talking about him by name, but this particular teacher told people to come up and if they'd really understood his message of redefinitions of Christianity, which is what he'd done all evening and had been doing for two days, yeah. he said, take water from the vat that's up here on the table and rebaptize yourself into the new Christianity. New Christianity. The new Christianity. I've never heard of anybody baptizing themselves into the real Christianity. <laughs> But then he said, while you're up here, make sure that you put your hands in the tub of dirt. And these were his words. So they had dirt up there? Uh, They had a farmer's tub that you would feed (laughs) livestock in full of dirt. And he said, put your hands in there to feel what needs to be saved. The earth. Yes. Mm. Now I was Mother there, Earth. <laughs> I was there with another pastor and we had taken notes, copious notes, all through the conference. That's exactly what we both heard him say. I, and no one did it, by the way. No one went up, no but the did. idea was this is what they advocated. Well, another aspect of this movement that I'm picking up more and more on, and, and of course it changes every day. They're just moving all over the place. Is is more of these guys, it seems to me, are buying into the idea that there are many different roads to God. And who are we to say Christianity is the only one? Yeah. I knew we were going to get into universalism. <laughs> when you started that, I knew it was coming. Because really this... But it's true. Aren't they doing this? Yeah. And, and they're adopting one of the two brands of universalism. One that says that all paths lead to God, all religions are equal. And the other one that says that everybody is already saved. Oh, That's a form oh. of Christian universalism. And you would find that, I think in the emergent movement as much as anything else. Isn't that something? Well, someone's in their church, and uh, we have this good friend of the ministries in England, and she is in tears because her children are in an emergent church, and their church used to be a really solid Bible church. And then all of a sudden one day they they woke up and realized emergent. Her son wasn't really believing in the faith anymore. What are some of the signs when you're in church to start seeing your your church? And I bet you're going to say missional. A mission will be one of them. Okay. Yeah, what but, are the red flags here? Well, let me speak yeah. to the people who may have gone through that experience or who are currently going through yeah. it, or maybe right now in this program they're watching it and, and all of a sudden they realize they're not alone. There are so many people who have been divorced from church, if you will, that's the name of one of my messages, because of apostasy. Apostasy scatters the sheep. And this thing either very slowly or very quickly has moved into all different kinds of all. churches. Yeah, I mean all. We, we can't pick on one denomination That's as right. being emergent or leaning that way mm-hmm. because it's way more than that. I developed this uh, this little brochure, How to Spot the Emergent Church in Your Church, and we'll probably get a better picture of it and put it up on the screen. But it's a quick and easy read, just a trifold pamphlet, two-sided, that would explain to people what to look for. And, and well, some, What are some of the points? This would be one of the points. Emergent Christianity is experience over reason. Spirituality over doctrine, images over words, feelings over truth, earthly justice over salvation, and social action over eternity. Hmm. The emergent, I, read, I write here, the emergent church movement takes its name from the idea that the culture has changed and a new church must emerge in response to it. So they're saying that the old way of doing Christianity doesn't work. And if we want anybody to come to our churches, we've got to change the way we do it. Listen, our responsibility, as you all know, is to be faithful to the gospel. It's God that saves the people, and 
he gives us ingenuity on how to be creative and so on to, sure. to let people know that we're available to them and let people know that we want to minister to them. But we can't afford to change the gospel because we say that the postmodern generation will never accept it. I believe this is one of the... Um, and implications of the end times, that there'll be a rejection of Christianity. And so I understand where some of the emergents are coming from, that they would say that we've got to change to reach the postmoderns, but what they don't realize is that I believe this is one of the symptoms or scenarios of the very end days that we're in today. You know, the gospel is supernatural. You don't need to do all kinds of manipulative yeah, 2, things. Years. You preach the gospel and people will be convicted That's of their right. sins. That's right. Uh, but it seems to me that uh, this is a, a, an attempt to get around trying to really confront people with their sin, sinfulness. Well, this comes back to the, the whole church growth movement that says that yes. we, we want to stay away from things that are confrontational. We want to be light and fuzzy. We want people to uh, only think good things, feel good things. Seeker sensitive. Exactly. And that's not, that's not the whole gospel. You know, Jesus is a God of love. He's also a God of justice. We've got to preach both. We have to preach the right, whole gospel right. to be effective. Otherwise, we preach what Paul called a different gospel. And I, I, I encourage people to go and read the book of Jude and yes. read Galatians chapter 1. And it clearly outlines that uh, this stuff is going to come, this stuff is happening, and we need to be contenders for the faith. This list you just gave us is very interesting. And one of them in there that jumped out at me was images over words. What do you mean by that? Well, they're into the, the labyrinth, you know, and, and we want to uh, teach meditation techniques, they would seem, and spiritual formation, and the idea of contemplative mysticism. We want images. We want to feel good. We want to... It sounds like we're going back to the church of the Middle Ages. It really is. So, over and, physical, and, over mental. There's and, no mental? Yes. And, okay. and they would say, well, the labyrinth was something the church used. And I'm saying, find it in the Bible yes. for me. Yeah. Well, I know I know of one, uh, quote, evangelical church where the pastor suddenly announced one week that uh, he had put up card tables in the uh, foyer, and on each table was a, uh, an icon, a Greek Orthodox icon, and he said, go and kneel at the table, and there will be instructions on how to pray to the icon. This yeah. is an evangelical now, church. Th- we're hearing this all over the place. I know of a church close to us right here in North Dallas, where we are at the moment, and I'm headquartered out in Rowlett and have been in contact with a lot of people in this area. A medical doctor called me about what was going on in his former church. They were a church of about eight or 900 people. They had shrunk to about 200. But he said, when you walk in the door, the incense knocks you down on Sunday morning. They have candles that light the hallway all the way to the altar where you're to pick up a stone and take the stone back to your seat and meditate on, on the stone. On, stone. on the stone. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that's happening today. We, and we focus on this stone and focus on this stone. And Rather than the Word of God. Exactly. Yeah, we're supposed to meditate it, on the it's Bible. A, it's an abandoning it of the Word of God to take up um, feelings and take up images instead. Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy and our discussion with Eric Barger on the Emergent Church Movement. Now, Eric, I've heard that you're ministry has produced a video called The Heir of the Emergent Church. Would you uh, tell us a little about how we can get that? Sure. The uh, Heirs of the Emergent Church is over an hour long, and uh, it deals with the doctrines. It deals with what the Emergent Church believes. I name names in it, lots of the leaders, quotes from the leaders. And uh, above all, it's a call for the church to come back to the Scripture. Uh, I think it's an important piece of work, and it's the, the first of the two videos. The second video is called is your church New Age, Emergent, or Christian? 
And mm -hmm. uh, that answer asks the question because we quote New Age leaders, we quote emergent leaders, and then we quote the scripture. It's amazing how much the New Age quotes and the emergent quotes could be interchangeable. Hmm. And that's an hour long or so, too. So those two are available on our website at ericbarger.com. And we have a number also I think we'll probably put on the screen, 214-289-5244, that uh, folks that uh, don't have Internet access can call that number. What about that brochure you showed us a few moments ago? How to Spot the Emergent Church in Your Church is a little quick and easy-to-read brochure. We have that on our website. We'd be glad to send them out as well if folks would want to ask for it. But... Uh, folks can go to our website and print those out and hand them out to their friends. And do you we, have, we encourage Do you have a newsletter mailing list that they can sign up for? We do. We do a print newsletter. We also do email updates every other week. Okay. And uh, you can find that all over our website, places to sign up, or they can call the uh, 214-289-5244 phone number and do so. Great. Excellent. Uh, Nathan. Uh, let's uh, hear from you. How about telling our viewers about our website and how they can contact you with questions? And you've got about two minutes to do that in. Okay. I'd like to introduce you and ask you to visit www.lamblion.com. That's our website. If you want to know about Bible prophecy, apologetics, emergent church, watch our videos. This TV show we put on, on there so you can watch that. Uh, we have an e-newsletter that goes out twice a week that gives you updates on what's going on in the world in the way of Bible prophecy. We have a blog called the Christ and Prophecy Journal. Just click Discuss or go to lamblion.us. And if you need a daily dose of Bible prophecy, <laughs> you can go there. And uh, we have an active group of people that discuss. We also have a Facebook group called uh, the Christ and Prophecy Facebook group. And you can uh, link through there through our Discuss section on our website. There's over 4,000 people right now talking about Bible prophecy, sharing what's going on in the world, and encouraging each other. So if you live in a part of the world, and that's the wonderful thing about web ministry, if you live in any parts of the world and you need to share and, and just be with other Christians where you're not getting that where you are, then please come visit us on www.lamblion.com. Now, you can, uh, a person can actually write in and ask you questions, right? Yes. Uh, if you've got a, a question related to Bible prophecy, please just click contact us in the top of any page on the website. The email will come to me and I'll try to answer your question the best I can and Dr. Reagan will. And we have some of our videos, some of our television programs in particular that people can watch online, right? For the last few years, we've been compiling a lot of the Christ and Prophecy episodes. I think we're up to now 140 TV mm -hmm. shows that you can watch on our website. And our magazine can be read online. All the lamplighters for the last 10 or so years are also available. Uh, most of the main articles are, are all on our website. Uh, it's just been a, a great opportunity to put that together and make it a great repository. And we're leaving it for those after the rapture. You also have a, a store on there, don't you? Yes. If you'd like to purchase any of our videos or books, uh, conference videos, anything like that, you can go to lamblionresources.com or just click store on our main website. And uh, please feel free to purchase. If you'd like to give a donation to the ministry, you can also do that through our resource website. You know, Eric, I've, I've been uh, really excited ever since uh, Nathan came with us and took over uh, this uh, website ministry because for a website to be truly effective, you've got to be on it every day, uh, changing it, uh, responding. And, and he, he, this is an interactive thing. We don't call him a webmaster. We call him a web minister because he is seminary trained and he uh, knows how to respond to mud.
Muslims, uh, people of all kinds all over the world ask, answer questions for them. And it's been a great blessing to me, particularly when all these really tough questions come in. I just give them to him and say, hey, buddy, take after them. There has been a few times I've contacted you. We, we've been in touch back yes. and forth. You know. Eric, what do I do with this guy who's possessed? <laughs> no, it's, been, it's been great. We, well, we've talked about We love to have uh, people like that that we can resource to. Sure, uh, yeah. sure. And you're right. You know, I, I try to keep our website fresh, too. Yeah. And, and I find that a, a great deal of my week is taken up in answering questions and trying to get people answers. Yeah. And oftentimes I can just head them toward a page on, on my website you or on yours. Recently yeah. I sent uh, links to your websites. Excellent. Well, that's great. So. Well, folks, that's our program for this week. I hope it's been a blessing to you and uh, have a wonderful announcement to make, and that is that Eric has agreed to be back with us next week. We'll be discussing with him the question of how do you cope with apostasy? Until then, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus.